Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Merry Christmas Eve. That's right. Yep. Happy day before Jesus' birthday. Day before. Yeah. I wonder if Mary knew that it was going to be... Are you going to start singing, Mary, did you know? Go for it, man. Uh, I'm here for the show. Go for it. Have you seen... Do you want me to put the music on? Have you seen the meme that's floating around right now that's like, in case you guys are wondering, here's the answers, and it's like all of the answers to all the questions. No, yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Christmas Eve. Hey, we've got church today. Actually, it's Sunday. Three churches today. Three church meetings. One that's not a, a, a Christmas Eve service. One that's it's not. on the Christmas Eve. Sir. It's on the Christmas Eve day, but it's, but it's not special. It's, it's just a normal <laughs> run of the mill service. Don't expect anything. Yikes! Regular service. Yikes! Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's how you should approach every single Sunday. It comes to Bible church. And then apparently, just a regular it's, it's Sunday. Sunday. That's it. Yeah. But if you come back, there's going to be fire. Yeah. There will be fire at both the three o'clock service Is and the fire. Going to be fire, or there will be fire. There will be fire. I won't designate what kind of fire. But okay. there could be multiple t- kinds of fire. So Tongues of fire, the candles ser- of fire. The service is going to be lit. It will be lit in yeah. a lot of ways. No cap. No cap. <laughs> We're going to do it full send. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, we are doing two Christmas Eve services as well. So bring your families to that. Those are the special ones. They are They're special not the, in the normal. sense of not normal. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, fire. Do I need to say more? Fire. Fire. Fire will be there. Yeah, it's a shorter service. It'll be about an hour in length and a shorter message in that as well because our kids men, by the way, if you're planning on attending those, we're going to do kids ministry for the ages, uh, infants and toddlers. Because they can't handle fire. Nope. The others though. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to blow torches. We're passing out. uh, Boring. Boring. Blow torches. throwers. Yeah. Yeah. And and one special guest will... will, uh, will win a uh, cyber truck. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got to talk to the guy that's donating that again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In faith, bro. In faith. In faith. We're just claiming it. It's claiming gonna it. It's it's going to be. It's going to happen. <laughs> and it may be me. I might win the truck. I'm not going to give it. I might win it. Might win it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about that truck these days. Did you see where one of them got stuck in the snow in Northern California? No, I did not. Had to be pulled out by an F-250. <laughs> that's terrible. No, it's like, oh, okay. No, I didn't yeah. see that, but that's a bummer. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, well, it was a release candidate. Like it was, a, I guess, a pre-release version of the truck that some Tesla employee took up to get his Christmas tree, but. Oh, okay. Well, it's still a. He got stuck. It's still the truck. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. You know, part of that is a driver. You got to have driving sensibilities and the tire inflation or deflation. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the situation was, but it's still pretty funny. In my future life, I'm an off-roading camper. Like that's who I want to be. Like I, I'm like, I want to know how to do all that stuff. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos on a bunch of it. But in my future life, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. That sounds fun. And I, you know, film it, record it, make YouTube videos of it. I'll watch it. Yeah. From the comfort of my own living Maybe room. Maybe I should create a YouTube channel, the Pioneering Pastor. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Or here's another idea. Or, you could join that TV show alone. Oh yeah. I've and seen that. we have you win us the money to build our church. Yeah. Yeah, some of those people are intense, man. Uh, well, no tents, actually. Not, actually, <laughs> there's no, no tents at intense. all. They're making their own shelters. That's no true. tents. Yep. It's uh, 
it's intense but not intense yes yeah maybe maybe i'll do that but we'll we'll uh i'll table that one for now um, maybe till next year maybe till next year 2024 is around yeah. the corner by the way we'll think about it it is pretty soon you remember back when we were writing checks all the time and and the year changing mattered because everybody would write their check with the date 23 yeah, the or 21 or well did that matter as long as it's not dated after the date predating right. it like didn't matter or in school like you have to turn in a paper and yeah. like you're writing the date on that days, yeah. you're like well i, I don't want to say i turned it in a year ago yeah unless you want to say look I, I was really ahead of schedule so i did this a while back here yep. you go teach be impressed that's right yeah. be amazed are you not entertained hey speaking of being entertained we are here to talk about god's word and uh zephaniah is it entertaining it can be okay i think so yeah there's some entertaining things in the word of god I don't know if I've ever used that word to describe my Bible. I mean, it's enjoyable. I think it's enjoyable. Entertaining. I I really enjoy learning. So I guess in that sense, it's entertaining. Okay. Example. Rackshack and Benny, when they're bowing up in front of Nebuchadnezzar and going, hey, look, we don't have to answer you. Our God's able to deliver us from this fire and he will deliver us from your hand. Like that's entertaining. Like that's one of those like, okay, let's go. Like, yes, kind of moments, especially when you know the rest of the story. You know what's going to happen. In that they're going to be delivered. That that's there's entertainment value there. Okay, fair. Maybe. Okay. I'm not I, saying like the lament psalms are entertaining. Them like, <laughs> oh look at David, he's so sad. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm, I'm entertained by that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he might take issue with you. Yeah, he might. Well, hey, Zephaniah is a uh, a new prophet, minor prophet for us, and he prophesied during the the uh, reign of Josiah during his reforms. Uh, contemporary with Jeremiah. So if you think about back to Jeremiah, that's kind of what's going on right now. So there's not a lot of good happening despite Josiah's reforms. Uh, The judgment is coming. And uh, he is also unique in that he is the only prophet that we know of who had royal uh, blood. And so that's a a unique uh, element of Zephaniah. He was descended from the kings, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that other than it's an observation that we make about who he was and about his uh, his lineage there. Yeah, I, as far as we know, the only one from the tribe of David, right? The, right. Uh, the tribe of Judah, rather. And uh, perhaps pointing to, in some veiled sense, the future messianic king, Could prophet, be. priest, king, the prophet, threefold yep. function of uh, the threefold office of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, well, as the book opens up, we can break down the, uh, the general outline of the book. The first... One and two chapters really being about uh, the the day of Yahweh or, or the Lord's judgment, and so the day of the Lord that concept is here uh, back in play, and then the the last chapter of the book, chapter three, starting verse nine and on, is is about the restoration. So again, we have a situation in the Minor Prophets where it's about here comes the judgment, and yet there's going to be good things. God is going to restore. God is going to deliver. Um, and so we open up with a, an indictment really of, of all mankind. Look at verse two. I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. Now, you may read that and think to yourself, and this is a context clue that should help us understand when, what he's talking about here. When will this happen? Because think back to another time when God wiped out all of humanity. And that was the flood, right? We read about that in uh, the book of Genesis with Noah and he built the ark. Um, He built it out of gopher barky barky. And then he got all the people and they got on the ark that were part of his family and all the animals. And then they set sail and uh, the Lord flooded the earth and destroyed all mankind. Well, afterwards, what did he do? He hung the rainbow in the clouds and he promised that he would never again do this. So here he's saying, 
I will utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth. Even the language kind of suggests that language of a flood sweeping things away and the flood of God's wrath. I will cut off mankind. That tells us this can't be the judgment that's about to take place with uh, with the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. That, that, that tells us that this is a future-looking judgment, that this is the end times judgment, that this is when God's recompense is finally going to be delivered to those that have rejected him. This is the day of the Lord in the eschatological sense, not in the immediate sense here in uh, what's about to take place with Judah. So one other note of helpfulness perhaps for you is that Zephaniah is somewhere in the 600s, uh, you know, the, the, the early 600s, uh, which means that the judgment upon Israel has already taken place. You're looking at the judgment upon Israel by Assyria in 722, 721 perhaps, uh, but 722. So now we're about, I don't know, about 100 years later and Zephaniah is on the scene in the southern kingdom and he's preaching, surprise, surprise, about the coming judgment, which for the people of Israel was by this point certain. If you think about the king Manasseh, God had decreed in Manasseh's reign that he was going to, he was going to judge Judah for their sin because Manasseh led them into this awful season of ongoing ugly sin. You might remember Manasseh was the guy who sacrificed his own son. Awful. I still don't understand that. But because God had decreed that judgment was coming, then when you see it here in Zephaniah, it seems like it's more functioning toward the individuals. You're not going to, that the nation would be judged, but perhaps there would be a remnant of individuals, families perhaps, that would escape the judgment. And so I think this is in part a, a plea to Israel, Israelites, those who are godly, to say, hey, make sure that you're among the, the remnants and also to corporate Israel. Sorry, I'm using Israel and Judah interchangeably. That's not the case here. Israel's off the scene, 722. He's talking to Judah, Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, and saying, hey, you guys have a chance to save yourselves, but the nation itself would be judged. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of the things that they're judged for, we looked down at verse 12 of chapter one. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. In other words, these are these people that are going, okay, yeah, God's there, but he's, he's basically impotent when it comes to interfering with what's going on in humanity. He's not going to do anything for good. He's not going to do anything for evil. He's just a figurehead. He's just there. Uh, and, and that's unfortunately a view that is prevalent today super prevalent today and it's it's a view that's prevalent today both within and outside the church there are believers professing believers i use that term very loosely in this context who would have or live this kind of life they may show up and give lip service to god on sunday but then the rest of their life they're they're living this out they're saying yeah he's not going to do anything he's not going to do anything good he's not going to do anything evil if if i want good in my life man i got to do it i got to pull myself up by my bootstraps work hard do all these things for myself and it's my accomplishments and then there are those that say you know what i can go live a life of debauchery because god's not going to do anything that's this mindset here that god is judging in zephaniah in fact we're going to talk about that uh, on sunday on this day on the 24th we're going to be talking about jesus as king um, and what that ha- what that means for our lives, that there is a, an impact that that should make on our lives. If he really is Lord, then he is someone that can do both good and ill. Uh, and that has bearing on how we act. And so God is bringing judgment on his people because they're they're complacent about his identity. And I really, that, that word complacency is a scary one. I, I, I think you're right. It's yeah. just, I think it's a, a characteristic of our people, apathy. I mean, I, I've even heard the term apathyism, people who yeah. don't care about spiritual things. It's like, oh yeah, you believe what you believe. I believe what mm-hmm. I believe. I mean, doesn't matter as long as it doesn't hurt me. We're all we're all good. Right. Um, that's that's scary, man. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The day of the Lord shows up in verse fourteen. The great day of the Lord is near. Now, great not in the sense of oh, this is awesome, but great as in terrifying. A day of wrath, day of distress, day of ruin. And so this is the judgment. The judgment on Israel. Judgment on Judah. 
uh, or Judah and Jerusalem, rather, um, judgment on the, the nations. Uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and, and down all the way through 15, he's talking about it's not just going to be them, but look, it's going to be those on the seacoast, okay? These are the Philistine territories. It says the Cherethites there. Uh, that was another name for the, the Philistine peoples. Uh, you've got Moab. You've got the Ammonites down in verse 8. You've got uh, Moab becoming like Sodom and Ammon, like Gomorrah, verse 9. Uh, the Lord is going to come against them. The Cushites, the Egyptians, the Assyrians, verses 12 and 13. Everybody. Everybody is going to undergo God's judgment on that day, which again gives us context clues to say this is more than what's going to happen in the immediate future for uh, Judah and Jerusalem, but this is a broader scope here. But then things are going to get better. Starting in verse 9 of chapter 3, uh, we see the uh, the hope for the, the future, and not just for Judah and Jerusalem, but for all the, the peoples. For at that time, he says, I will change the, the speech of the peoples to a pure speech. There's an idea here. There's, there's the concept that this is not just for uh, Judah and Jerusalem, praise God, because that's not who any of us are uh, today. But this is for the nations. This is for the Goyim. This is for the Gentiles as well that are going to come under the blessing of the future restoration that God will bring. What did you just say? Under the, the Goy? Goyim. Goyim. You want to explain that, what that means? Hebrew mean? for the nations, Hebrew the peoples. for the, na- the, yeah. the peoples. Okay. The so Gentiles. sometimes if you're around an Orthodox Jew, they may refer to you as Goyim. Oh. Um, Goyim. G-O-Y-I-M. Is that like a bad word? It, it's pejor- probably pejorative. pejorative. I mean, they're not okay. being like this. Uh, congrats. It's like when somebody calls me a gringo. Oh, uh, like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I track with that. Like, I, I'm yeah, not, that's totally not a compliment at I'm all. I'm not insulted, but I'm also like. You should be. Okay. When someone calls you a gringo, it's, well, not, it's not a compliment. I mean, like, yeah, but I, I mean, like, I am, out right? Of my face. So like when somebody calls not me a enough. goyim, I'm like, yeah, I'm a, that's who I am. <laughs> I'm a Gentile. Yeah. So, and this repeats a lot of the themes that we've seen in, in the future. And again, this is yet future. This is not the restoration that will take place when they come out of exile. This is a restoration that is going to be in the millennial kingdom and beyond. And so that's how the, the book wraps up. The threat of judgment, but the promise of the future. This is a common theme, hopefully, that you've picked up as we've been going through these minor prophets. So many of them hit on both of these subjects, both of these topics, as they navigate what God is about to do in the course of the life of Israel. So some people say that history repeats itself. Um, maybe. I, I, I subscribe to the idea that history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And it looks like God is, in, in chapter 3, God is trying to help Judah say, look, I, I'm, I'm going to judge. I have judged these people, and yet you're, you're not learning. You should be learning. Um, Christian, are you learning? You have all this history in the Old Testament, and you get to see how God has dealt with peoples of the past, including his own people. And if we don't take that seriously, that means that we're, we're not learning the lessons, the, the way that history rhymes. We're not learning those lessons and saying, okay, how do I best apply that to my life? So I would encourage you as you read through these, and again, you're seeing God's judgment and his inevitable restoration, uh, be sure that you and those whom you love are on the side of the restoration. How do you do that? You should be prayerfully pursuing gospel conversations with them and, and ensuring that you yourself are walking right with the Lord. Let's flip over to Revelation for our New Testament reading, Revelation chapter 15. One, five. Dude, we're getting to the end, man. The end, like the, the end of all things? Well, who knows? Maybe. Might but we're getting great. to the end of the, the DBP, the Daily Bible Podcast for this year. We're in Revelation 15. There's only 22 chapters in Revelation. Wow. that's We, we know that. Here. And if you've got more, then watch out. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Hey, yeah, Revelation 15, we are shifting to another series of judgments. So we've had the seals and we've had the trumpets and or, or, now or, or. we're going to have the uh, 
now we're gonna have the bowls and uh they're called plagues as well and that's what it opens up with in chapter 15 verse 1 i saw another sign in heaven and and this is a common thing that that john references here all of these different signs that he's seeing these visions that he's seeing um which is a mix of both and that's one of the things that makes revelation so difficult is there's a mix of both the literal and the metaphorical that take place in this book and we're left as the the those that are studying uh, to try to determine where that line is, and, and admittedly, it's hard at times, and that's why there are some that say, "Well, it's all metaphorical," um, and there are others that probably err on the other side that say it's 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 too literal, and so we we do need to. to understand that, that, that there are, are both at work. And, and even in what John is seeing here, remember, I think I mentioned it a couple episodes, John is trying to use uh, finite language to describe what he's seeing on an infinite scale. Uh, the grandeur, the majesty of all of these visions. He's trying. That's why he talks about locusts having breastplates like armor and tails like scorpions. And, I mean, the, the demonic creatures that he sees and so forth and so on. He's just doing the best that he possibly can to try to explain what he's seeing. Uh, we don't need to press it too far, literally, but we also don't need to then run to the opposite direction and say it's all metaphor. So he's seeing these signs, all that to say, that are representing what is going to come, and those signs are a mix of both the literal and the metaphorical. But he sees this one, and it's seven more angels coming forth with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. This is going to take us all the way through um, as far as the, these these judgments. In fact, the last judgment is going to be the one that is going to get everybody ready for the final battle, Armageddon. Um, and that is, uh, that's going to be terrifying uh, as we'll, we'll study that in, in chapter 16 in tomorrow's episode. But in this one, they come forth and there's just a scene of, of praise, uh, which is unique when we think about more judgment coming in the final wrath of God. But uh, we've talked about that before in this podcast too, Pastor Rod, this idea that there is uh, that God's judgment and wrath also elicits the praise from those that are his redeemed, those that are his saints. It's, hard to, it's a hard concept to wrap your mind around, but I can't think of anything else. I mean, God is exercising his justice. We're going to celebrate that. Yeah. We're going to want that. And even though God doesn't perform a spiritual lobotomy upon us, we don't forget the people that are included in this. We're not going to suddenly uh, no longer remember our loved ones, but God will have to do something in us, change our perspective to such a degree that we will celebrate and praise his good and righteous judgment. And I expect that that's going to be my heart too. I yeah. want that. I want that. As hard as I, I feel divided right now. Yeah. In this flesh with my people and people that I know and love, I struggle with that. But when the time comes, I'm confident God will show himself to be incredibly good and I will celebrate that goodness. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it is hard. And in, in, in the chapter ends with the the scene seven golden bowls full of the wrath of god who lives forever and ever verse seven the sanctuary is filled with the smoke from the glory of god and from his power no one can enter until the seven plagues and the seven angels were finished go back to our reading in zephaniah the, the indictment against those in judah was the complacency this view that god would not do anything and again i bring that back to today that we live in a culture and society where a lot of that is happening today and uh, even the concept of Revel- of Romans 2, 5, that people are storing up wrath for themselves on the day of judgment. Here's that picture right here. These bowls full of the wrath of God that will be poured out on mankind. Now, these bowls are going to have a, a, a terminus. In other words, they're going to move from one bowl to the next bowl to the next bowl to the next bowl. But there is a, another bull in the sense of the, the eternal suffering of the loss that will be poured out, that won't have a terminus, that won't have an end, that will always be 
uh, pouring and never fully exhausted. And that is the, the, the frightening thing about the wrath of God. So as we see those, uh, I think of Jude when he talks about snatching people out of the flames, right. um, that should be our desire. That should be our heart. As we see the peril that somebody else may not realize that they're in, making sure that we're faithful to call them to faith and repentance in Christ and to do everything in our power, which albeit is limited, but everything that we can do to snatch them from those flames. I think it's going to look like a lot of prayer and a lot of pursuit. Yep, absolutely. Well, hey guys, we are grateful that you tuned in today and we'll catch you again tomorrow where we'll hit Revelation 16 and another book. Hey guy. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org, and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.